Persons listening to this show should experience varying degrees of euphoria and might radiate a warm glow of truth from their entire being. This phenomenon sometimes lasts hours after a typical brain massage. If you are listening with another Lights On listener and they begin to glow, don't be concerned. This is a phenomenon normally associated with Pastor Scheidbach's patented brain massage technique and merely means the truth has set them free. The devil beware. Pastor Scheidbach is on the air. Hello, I'm Dr. Scheidbach, pastor at the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Santa Maria, California, and your brain masseur. Get ready for your brain massage. Christian nationalism. Well, let's start that conversation. This will incorporate all other news topics I want to touch on today. So, friends, let's just jump right in. It's time for your brain massage. Truth. Served here, flavored by delectable wit, delicious sarcasm, succulent sagacity, a gourmet meal for the mind. More and more people are talking about Christian nationalism. And it's about time. Todd Starnes has mentioned it several times. James Dobson's name comes up in association with it. As does, of course, Mike Johnson, our new speaker. NPR has been weighing in on this uh, with several broadcasts. BBC, uh, let's say The Times, has run some articles on the subject. The New Yorker, Christianity Today, and hundreds of others, by the way. It's fast becoming a central topic and theme for the 2024 election. This is the conversation I wanted to instigate with my book, God's War. And I'm noticing, happily, an uptick in sales of that title of late. Now, that's good. America needs to read this book. If you want a primer on why Christians ought to rule the world, <laughs> get God's War. It's available as an ebook wherever you buy books. Uh, you can order it. Uh, through Amazon if you prefer a hardback copy. But I recommend my bookstore, books at dbp.com. Friend, it's about time we had a national dialogue on the question of Christianity's role in the forming, founding, and flourishing of America and the obvious relationship between the decline of Christianity and the decline of our liberties and freedoms in this country. There is a relationship, friend. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The truth will make you free removing ourselves from the whole idea of truth, and then, of course, from the Spirit of the Lord, and we are in danger of losing our liberties. Included in this conversation is the topic, Should Christianity Influence Politics in Government Today? Current cultural trends are, are pressing the issue into the center of public debate, the nation's conversation with itself. Uh, this has happened in other countries, by the way. Ireland, South Korea, South Vietnam, and Poland are examples. Hungary is the most notable because it is the most like the U.S. Well, sort of. Hungary looks uh, more like America than America does right now. Politically, that's for sure. But the, the, the difference there is that the Catholics dominate Hungary, uh, whereas the Protestants continue to dominate in America. Hungary is 42.5% Christian, uh, but that's divided up 29.2% Catholic and about 10% Calvinist. In America, there are 51 million Catholics whereas there are 141 million Protestants, where four of the top 10 Christian Protestant denominations in the United States are Baptist. The political party of the Hungarian prime minister rose to power on a wave of popular reaction to the massive immigration of Muslims. The people realized the values and beliefs of the Muslim religion did not correspond and was not compatible with the values and beliefs of the predominantly Christian population of Hungary. Britain and France should wish they had done something along the lines of what Hungary did when they faced the same problem. My friend, listen, in principle, it's not bigoted or prejudiced 
to recognize that, well, let's just say the JW family down the street would not be a proper guest for your Christmas tree decorating party, I'm just saying. Or that a Muslim whose religion teaches death to all infidels uh, would really not be a very good choice for mayor of your own town. The best arguments in support of Hungary are Paris and Berlin. It is worthy of notice that the influence of Christianity in Hungary is far and away greater than it is in either Paris or Berlin. So quickly, let's look at what happened in Hungary. The Prime Minister of Hungary, Viktor Orban, was interviewed by Tucker, and I'll share a short clip of that interview in a moment, but Hungary's conservative Christian Prime Minister, uh, Mr. Orban, with their conservative Christian parliament, rose to power with a two-thirds majority in the National Assembly in 2020. And that was following a national debate on the question of the role of Christianity in their culture and influence in their government. One year after the new assembly was elected, a new constitution was passed into law. It specifically recognizes, quote, the role of Christianity in preserving nationhood, end quote. It also speaks of the need for spiritual and intellectual renewal. During the migration crisis, when Hungary was overwhelmed by a monstrous influx of Muslims seeking asylum, who were clearly uninterested or unwilling to assimilate into the country, Hungary responded frankly, acknowledging the problems associated with sudden mass migration, as opposed to slow and controlled assimilation, Hungary shut it all down. Uh, the country openly declared their reason. Quote, most refugees are not Christians, but Muslims. That was essentially the rationale. Then in December 2020, the Hungarian legislature passed a law limiting adoptions to normal people. And I mean, that is, uh, they prohibited LGBTQ plus and so on uh, from adopting children. And, and further, they mandated that children will be raised with, quote, the values based on our Christian culture, end quote. So anyway, here's the sort of leader you get in a in a Christian-dominated country. You were just in an election. Did you consider at any point just indicting your challenger? Wouldn't that have been easier? To do what's going on now in your country, you know, to use the justice system against the political opponents. In Hungary, I think it, it's impossible to imagine. That was done by the communists. Okay, so what is a Christian nationalist, or what is Christian nationalism? Well, in America, it's a kind of new thing. That is in terms of the, the label here, Christian nationalism. And so it really hasn't settled into a very clear definition. It depends on who you ask. I'm going to offer some insight into this in a moment, and I'm going to follow up and, and deal with it uh, uh, very seriously in a couple of shows. But what is particularly important to us right now as I introduce this subject is that the left is totally in freakout mode over the idea that Trump is reviving Christian involvement in politics. That's what this is about. Now, now, wait, I should say, actually, that isn't their problem. The left, and just say the word world, when you say the word left today in America, uh, from a biblical perspective, the world is okay with namby-pamby, sissified, milk-toast, Jezebel-loving, belly-serving, baphomet, bootlicking, ear-tickling Christianettes who think the best way to win the world is to slap a smiley face on their facade. The same crowd that fell for the lie that Christians should not be involved in politics because, you know, why would you want to shine the gospel light into the darkest sphere of American life after all, right? Why would you? I mean, what what good would that do? Much better to just turn it over to Satan. Yeah, the children of disobedience. Uh, how's that working for you, by the way? I mean, that whole bit about preaching righteousness and everything to a bunch of sinners. 
<laughs> oh, that doesn't sell tickets to heaven. Uh, what's the matter with you telling people that they will go to hell if they don't repent? Don't you know you catch more bees with, a, with honey pot preaching, you know, the dances around words like hell and repentance. Don't you know your job is to pass out free passes to heaven? Hey, so uh, what's hell and repentance got to do with that? If the objective is to get them to repeat a prayer, what's well, a whole lot easier if you just leave out all that your life is expected to change stuff, you know? Uh, that bit about Christ being Lord actually means something, <laughs> right? But don't elaborate on that. But it's, you got to be all love, 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 you know, because the Beatles told you it's what the world needs now. And when you say, Lord, 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 <laughs> and do not the things that he says, okay, making a mockery of the whole profession that he's Lord. You see, that's the issue, isn't it? And when you, when you say, Lord, don't say it loud. And by no means should you explain what it means. Just run over it. You know, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus, you believe he's Lord, right? Let's go on. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Uh, leave that in the fine print, you know, that bit about a changed life and all that. Haven't you learned anything the devil has been trying to teach you for decades? Leave all that bit about created unto good works stuff for after they've made a profession. Then you can teach them how to act like the Christian they aren't, right? That is, if they stick around for your rock concert and pie socials after they begin discovering some of that fine print that you left out. <laughs> I'm serious about this, friend. There are a lot of false professors out there who, who haven't got a clue what it means to be a Christian. Uh, but, but it's true that not every New Cart church is fairly represented by my rant. I, I know that. And I do understand, of course, some are worse than others. And I also know there are some rocked out churches that have more gospel in them than, than well, than that Olstein character. Uh, you know, have you ever read any of his books? I read an article the other day that named five of the wealthiest Christian ministers in the country who went through all of their books and could not find the name Jesus a single time, not one single time in any of their books. Now, I don't know. That just, it seems to me you'd have to try real hard to write a Christian book and avoid mentioning the only name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, I'm setting something up here, so be patient. The world does not know what Christianity is, but they're ready to lecture you on it at every opportunity. They do know what brand of Christianity, so-called, they like. If they say there is some sort of Christianity that does not affirm that Jesus Christ is God, manifest in the flesh, that Jesus is Christ the King, promised by our Creator, that Jesus Christ is King and all mankind his subjects, uh, they have not been reading our founders, have they? Uh, they've been reading the God-hating Antichrist historians that hate our founders. Some of whom, by the way, had some questions about certain tenets of Christianity. I understand that. But they all understood the importance of Christianity to good government. Look, these people who deny that America is a Christian nation, they've been drinking the bilge water that Satan's been dipping out of the hearts of these wicked people. The sort, you know, who would impugn our founders' character when they're not around to defend themselves, Right. Who say, yeah, Washington wrote that, but he meant this. Really? A men who accuse our founders of being Christ-denying deists when everything they wrote and said testifies otherwise. For, for example, here you go. Here is Heidi Shibula. That's, it's spelled P-R-Z-Y-B-Y. It's a Polish word. It's pronounced Shibula. Uh, and listen to her explain Christian nationalism. You ready? Here you go. The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, 
because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. It's, it's almost enough to leave you speechless. I'm telling you, has Heidi never read the Declaration of Independence endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights? Nah, she's too busy reading Mao Zedong or Karl Marx. Anyway, Heidi, hey, you find it in a, in a document you might never have heard of, this journalist from Politico, right? It's called the Declaration of Independence. Do I need to spell it for you? You know, it's only the single most essential principle of our founding upon which every other human right rests. So the evil ones have contrived to demonize something called Christian nationalism and associate it with white supremacy and the boogeyman theocracy. Now there's a scary word for you. Imagine God ruling. Oh no. Okay, I'll get into this. I'll yes, I'll talk about the the problems and 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 anyway, we'll get into all of this. You got to be patient. But I just this is just the introduction. So Christian nationalism has been framed up to be the new white supremacy. Uh, and they're going out of the way to identify it with white supremacy with something that everybody uh, in America universally will despise and loathe. And then take that and attach it to this, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Why does the left hate that expression? Look, the answer is obvious. It, it's obvious. They want to. They want to undermine the idea of human rights. Uh, Yuval Harari recently said, uh, brilliantly, right, that if you cut a person open and you look inside, you don't see any human rights there. What an absolute moron. So they're trying to create this thing called Christian nationalism, but they can attach all kinds of, of things all of us would hate. They'll attach everything that's ugly to it. And then they want to attach that to our founding premise, the founding premise of our liberties. They're going for broke, man. They're trying to throw the entire nation under the bus. They view Christianity today as so pathetic so weak and worldly, they think they will separate uh, Christian support from Trump because Christians aren't going to want to be associated with Christian nationalism. Don't fall for it, my friend. Hold on through the break. I'll be right back. Most believe Satan owns the world and has the right to rule it. They think Christians should leave politics to unbelievers. The believers have no place in government. Well, Christians, how's that working for you? You see, the fact is Satan has fed you a lie. Satan depends on Christians staying in the dark about the fact that Jesus Christ defeated him and Satan has no right to rule one square inch of territory on this planet. Learn the truth. It will set you free. Go to GodsWar2020.com Let my people breathe. Unmasking the mass controversy with science and scripture. Available wherever you buy your books. The Devil Beware. Pastor Scheidbach is on the air. Hello, welcome back. I'm Dr. Scheidbach, pastor at the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Santa Maria, California. Your brain masseur and Paul Revere's lantern lighter. Lighting the lamps of the church belfry arch, singling the enemy is on the march, an enemy that would steal from us our liberties. Heidi Shubula, a political journalist for Politico, warns that we all had better get read in on words like Christian nationalists, which, she says, is defined by the belief that our rights descend from God and not from the government. 
and I played it in the last segment. You might go back and listen to it if you missed it. It's just amazing how absolutely incredulous she is. Imagine that. It's just amazing. These people actually believe that their rights come from God. My friend, this is seriously concerning. If she really is representative of what people think out there, we might as well kiss our liberties goodbye. Anyway, she's very alarmed that the Trump team has awakened Christian nationalism in America and given to them a platform whereby they might exert influence, imagine that, on our political institutions. Oh, you mean like in the 50s when some Christian patriots, in order to protect our Christian nation from the influence of godless communism, they formalized our motto, In God We Trust, and they inserted into the pledge, One Nation Under God. Those were moves by Christian American patriots to preserve our Christian identity, not to create it, to preserve it, expressing our founders' belief that the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Isaiah 33, verse 22. You have the three branches of government right there in the Bible, with it being under God. That's the original American idea. According to Heidi's definition, our founders were Christian nationalists. Yeah, if you take her word for it, listen to what they said. George Washington, quote, While we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought not to be inattentive to the higher duties of religion. Listen to what he meant. He went on to say, To the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. End quote. And I can give you some more of the second U.S. president and signer of the Declaration of Independence, John Adams. Quote, Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice, kindness, and charity towards his fellow men, and to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty God. What a utopia! What a paradise would this region be! End quote. Here's another one from John Adams you might like. The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. He went on to say, Now I will avow that I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God, and that these principles of liberty are as unalterable as human nature. Boy, I'd like to unpack that for you. Thomas Jefferson, U.S. President, drafter and signer of the Declaration, quote, God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. And by the way, he was alluding there to his wish that slavery would be ended. And then John Hancock, first signer of the Declaration of Independence, resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Continue steadfast and, with a proper sense of your dependence on God, nobly defend those rights which heaven gave and no man ought to take from us. End quote. Benjamin Franklin said, Here is my creed. I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his providence, that he ought to be worshipped. 
and then Samuel Adams. And, as it is our duty to extend our wishes to the happiness of the great family of man, I conceive that we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating the supreme ruler of the world, that the rod of tyrants may be broken to pieces, and the oppressed made free again, that wars may cease in all the earth, and that the confusions that are and have been among nations may be overruled by promoting and speedily bringing on that holy and happy period when the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established, and all people everywhere willingly bow to the scepter of him who is Prince of Peace. End quote. And then there's John Quincy Adams. The hope of a Christian is inseparable from his faith. Whoever believes in the divine inspiration of the Holy Scriptures must hope that the religion of Jesus shall prevail throughout the earth, and may the associated distribution of the Bible proceed and prosper, till the Lord shall have made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. In quote, Isaiah 52, 10, he includes, and my friend, I'm telling you, these guys believed, well, they believed what I believe about all this stuff. And then William Penn, founder of Pennsylvania, I do declare to the whole world that we believe the scriptures to contain a declaration of the mind and will of God in and to those ages in which they were written, being given forth by the Holy Ghost, moving in the hearts of holy men of God, that they ought also to be read, believed, and fulfilled in our day being used for reproof and instruction that the man of God may be perfect, they are a declaration and testimony of heavenly things themselves, and as such, we carry a high respect for them. We accept them as the words of God himself, end quote. And then Alexander Hamilton. I have carefully examined the evidences of the Christian religion, and if I was sitting as a juror upon its authenticity, I would unhesitatingly give my verdict in its favor. Patrick Henry it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here, end quote. All right, and then John Jay, one of my favorites, first chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, he said, quote, by conveying the Bible to people thus circumstanced, we certainly do them a most interesting kindness. We thereby enable them to learn that man was originally created and placed in a state of happiness, but becoming disobedient was subjected to the degradation and evils which he and his posterity have since experienced. The Bible will also inform them that our gracious Creator has provided for us a Redeemer, in whom all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, that this Redeemer has made atonement for the sins of the whole world, and thereby reconciling the divine justice with the divine mercy, has opened a way for our redemption and salvation, and that these inestimable benefits are of the free gift and grace of God, not of our deserving, nor in our power to deserve. End quote. Now, friend, that was John Jay, but here's one of my favorite quotes from John Jay, and we'll wrap up the quotes right here. He said, quote, Providence has given to our people the choice of their ruler, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. That was John Jay, first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Friend, I, I don't believe it's possible that anyone could be so dull as to not realize that if you were to ask any of our founders, certainly any of these that I quoted, uh, the question, are we a Christian nation? They would certainly say yes. Now, what that has to do with the question, what is Christian nationalism and do we subscribe? 
is a bit different, but we're going to go into that. But when you break down the idea of Christian nationalist, you're talking about a person who believes this nation is and ought to remain a Christian nation. And that's what they don't like. You see, the heathen are raging. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us, Psalm 2. And that's what this is all. As you've heard me say so often, my friend, I asked at the beginning what it means to be a Christian nationalist. And I said, it will depend on who you ask. And I think if you ask Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Hancock, Franklin, Adams, Quincy, William, uh, Alexander, Patrick, or John Jay, well, they would wonder what in the world your question is about. What's the premise of that? Of course, America is a Christian nation. Christian nationalism is the belief that our nation is and should continue to be Christian in its principles and precepts. And that means biblical. It's clear that was the idea held in the minds and hearts of our founders. America is a nation uniquely founded by Christians upon the teachings of Christ. Its fundamental precepts are all rooted in Christian doctrine, including the fundamental principles of consent of the governed and innocent until proven guilty. And then this, the most fundamental of all our essential Christian principles. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. If Christian nationalism means we acknowledge Christ as king, and the only king with whom we have to do, and that the Declaration is our cornerstone principle of governance, that the Constitution is the law of this land, well, then I think most of us would be comfortable identifying as Christian nationalists with the belief that all of these things are founded upon the Bible and are derived from it. Let me, let me say something to these raging, foolish heathen. Let Christians rule America, and you won't have any man telling you that you have to call them a woman. You put Christians in leadership, and you won't have this nonsense of open borders or corrupt politicians protecting the sex trafficking of women and children. Uh, the fentanyl pushers would be destroyed. Uh, the vice industry would be destroyed. They will no longer prey on our children. You won't have drag queens destroying the natural instincts of children and perverting their mind and their affections and destroying their conscience. You'll, you'll have the sword of civil judgment bringing down the wicked and not whacking down political opponents for Biden. But I'll also tell you, you won't have anybody telling you what to believe or what you can or can't think or say regarding politics or pharmaceuticals. You won't have the government sticking you with mandated vaccines that are killing people. You won't have someone threatening to send you to a re-education camp to brainwash you if you refuse to get a vaccine uh, that's experimental or any vaccine for that matter. Look, I'd much rather live in the America founded by our founders than this mess that Obama and Biden have made. Obama said America is no longer a Christian nation. And he said that as if he was boasting. Well, to the extent that his remark reflects the truth that the spiritual condition of Americans, as it is today, uh, is woefully lacking in Christian principle. Well, then God help us. But that can be changed, my friend. Get back to church. The fact is, at its core, America is still one nation under God. And it will be up to Christians to stand up to these raging heathens and put a stop to this nonsense, this craziness. Many Christians do, by the way, reject Christian nationalism. And I will explain why in my live stream podcast Saturday night. I should go on and around between 8 and 9. I'll probably do a few more shows on this subject also. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. I know that. It's time we had the conversation in America. Christians need to beware they don't fall into the trap of letting the world define what they believe or manipulate them into rejecting truth. I've lit the lamps of the Church Belfry Arch. You let me know you see they're on. Go to our website, brainmassage.net. Find the Contact Us button and send me an email. Or you can give me a call on our listener response hotline, 805-314-2114. 
I will be out of town preaching up north, participating in uh, Capital Connections. It's an effort to encourage and help pastors influence our California Assembly and Senate, and our governor, too. So you pray for us and pray for me. I'll be back in my pulpit Wednesday night. God bless you, my dear friends. God bless America. And I'll see you in church. Most believe Satan owns the world and has the right to rule it. They think Christians should leave politics to unbelievers, that believers have no place in government. Well, Christians, how's that working for you? You see, the fact is Satan has fed you a lie. Satan depends on Christians staying in the dark about the fact that Jesus Christ defeated him and Satan has no right to rule one square inch of territory on this planet. Learn the truth. It will set you free. Satan wants you to believe the world belongs to him and that you, Christian, have no say and no place in it. But the secret is out. Jesus is king and all mankind are his subjects. Satan has no right to rule an inch of territory in the earth. Learn how to claim the earth for Jesus Christ. Get God's War. Go to GodsWar2020.com. Go to GodsWar2020.com. Hey, you want to talk to the brain masseur? Leave your message on the listener response hotline. Call 805-314-2114. Your next brain massage is scheduled for Saturday at 12 noon and Sunday at 7 a.m.